You've heard of Huntley and Brinkley, McNeil and Lehrer, Simon and Garfunkel, Bob and Ray. Now here's Mishigas and Malarkey. Hello there. Hi, how you doing? All right, there you are. Yes, you can hear me okay? I sure can. What about me? Yeah, you sound fine. Great, great. So we've got uh, episode three here, and with any luck, we've uh, used our pre-recorded intro, so we don't have to stumble over that anymore. Wow, we're, we're getting like really professional and everything. It is, it is. It's incredible. Uh, wonderful tools we've got here including the, and we always have to put in a plug for this, uh, ability to uh, send us a, a, a message, a, a voice message uh, going to the, um, what is it, anchor.fm slash Mishmal, I think, or Mishmal podcast, I think is the is the homepage for that. Something and, like that. Yeah, and, you know, as a couple of old uh, letters to the editor, or editor uh, letters editors, uh, we're always excited to get um, input from the audience. It's far more interesting than anything we're going to be able to say here. Uh, well, let's not sell ourselves entirely short. Maybe we'll come up well, with something a, interesting. A, yeah, it could free, happen. It's a free podcast, so there's there's no sale. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we were discussing what uh, you know what the topic would be this time. Last time, you know, it was my whole kooky uh let's you know shape all of the nonsense on the internet and of course we had that horrible story about the uh what was her name uh, was it gabby petito was that the name yeah did we talk about that i guess we i i don't remember if we did or not we might have well um, we, or or i was just you know in the last two weeks i was telling you about how that was the you know the type of a story that really called out for some editorial shaping and uh you know there were even articles about it about what was going on online and were you following it closely yeah sort of i uh you know people were there was an article about how the people on tiktok had done more harm than good by posting a lot of misinformation and so on and so forth but that that always happens i mean i i um I, I was tangentially involved with an incident. Remember when the um, when those guys set off the bomb at the Boston Marathon? Yeah. In like what was it, 2013 or some sometime around, mm -hmm. 20, uh, maybe earlier. But um, there was uh, late late at night. They were looking for the one guy, and. I guess they had, the one guy had died in a shootout and the other guy right. was on the run. He was hiding in a boat. Right. That's where they found him eventually. And people were posted links online to the uh, police scanner. You could listen to the Boston police scanner. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to it and I sent the link to a friend of mine and she was listening to it. And people on Twitter were talking about what was going on in the police scanner. And then she tweeted something about it. And then because she had more followers than, than uh, I, I mean, at the time she had a lot of followers, but um, I don't know. Some people who followed her were posting information. Somehow it started like get, what, what happened was they had the wrong person's name and it right. was being circulated. 
And there were a bunch of people doing this. I mean, it wasn't just her, but Mm -hmm. um, uh, it turned into like a whole crazy thing where uh, all these people were identifying the wrong person. And I they all saying the same wrong person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was I forget the name it was an unusual name yeah well there, and, no point in repeating the name but the bottom right. line here i mean you know case of mistaken identity i mean you don't need social media for that you know uh, right but it, it uh, was one of these early examples where it was going out on on twitter mm-hmm. and um and then i don't know like a, a couple months later uh somebody at the new york times was looking into this and got in touch with my friend and asked her about it. And she, I don't even know if she really like remembered it that well. You know what I mean? It was just yes. like one of those things that happened. Yes. And, uh, you know, and now like some, some guy at the New York times was turning this into like, it was a trend or something. Yeah. And, you know, she was just one of many people that was, uh, you know, had been posting about it, yes. but it, but it, it was interesting because it, from my vantage point of it, it taught me that, you know, this stuff can just go like wildfire, you know, mm-hmm. it gets out of control very quickly. Right. So apparently that's what was going on with this Gabby Petito case is that people were posting a bunch of stuff. In fact, last night they were posting about um, that guy dog, the bounty hunter Ooh. is tracking the, the missing boyfriend. Yeah. And there were a bunch of people on Twitter uh, posting about that last night. And it reminded me of the Boston bombing incident, you know, where like now everybody's gonna, you know, uh, there's going to be like this digital mob, you know, now, (laughs) you know, like trying to track this guy down. Right. So, uh, so he hasn't, uh, appeared yet, huh? No, so far as I know, I mean, I haven't, you know, checked in recent hours, but I mean, they, but um, did they? But some, I think somehow they said dog is going to get them. Yeah, she was. They said that she was. It was homicide, right? Something. She died of homicide. Right. And did they? Did they add to that? You know. No, uh, no, no, not that I know of. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Because it was the. What do they I, do? I, the autopsy or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know that we know a cause of death or anything hmm. like that. Or manner of death. Anyway, the reason that I mentioned that is because that was the type of an event where, you know, it was basically for a couple of weeks, it was 24-7, right? And uh, uh, everybody was, you know, I think they said the New York Post or the Daily News or somebody, they were live blogging the whole thing. And of course, it was on TikTok, it was on Twitter, it was everywhere. So this was, you know, one of those events like, uh, you know, the time that the girl fell down the well, you know, where everybody was focusing on, on one thing obsessively and you you know uh, they came afterwards to write about articles about you know missing white girl syndrome and you can talk about the political implications of that but for the purposes of what i was proposing in the last uh, episode there uh, a way to kind of you know synthesize and maybe uh, shape and perhaps you know add some journalistic uh, filtering or principles to what's going on so that if everybody wants to follow it, there's some kind of a sensible, uh, you know, chronological uh, accounting of where we're at so that, you know, you're not scrolling through 
old messages or asynchronous answers, you know, to kind of to kind of make sense of it. So you could sort of tune in. It would be like, let's say, you know, and I'm not saying that CNN ought to do this, but, you know, where you can tune to a channel, you know, the, the, the Petito channel or the, you know, the what were they the van life channel. And, and you can find out, you know, what is the latest news on this and what's, you know, what do we know? And to kind of have it presented to you in some kind of intelligible way instead of in millions of different shards of pieces. Of well, things. yeah, but I mean, that, I mean, people already do that. I mean, the, you know, the Huffington Post does things like that. BuzzFeed does, you know, they aggregate a bunch of tweets or whatever. Um, I... I my skepticism about it all is it's almost like, you know, one of those things where the, the, the chaos is just the way it's going to be. You're not, you're never going to give form to it because so you can't going... ride the whirlwind as it were. Uh, no, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, you know what, it, you know what it reminds me of in a weird way. The, um, the Tibetan monks make those sand mandalas where right. they, spend, they spend weeks making yes. these designs out of colored grains of sand. And I've gone to see them do this. And it's, it's really beautiful, beautiful work. I mean, it, it look, would look like a uh, like a woven carpet, except yeah, it's little pieces of colored sand. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when they're done with it, they say a prayer and they sweep it up and they dump the sand in a river. <laughs> and and people are um are always you know taken aback by that like they spend weeks constructing something and then they essentially destroy it and throw it away but mm -hmm. the 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 making of it is the art i mean right. there, is, there is no finished product that is that is it it's the right. The meditation of doing is, it is it's is like but to use your analogy it's like there's no picture in other words uh here Instead of I don't know how many monks are doing this, maybe a handful of monks are creating this this thing. They're doing it in a way that when they're done, before they turn it over and you know empty it out, but before they're when they're done, you have an intelligible picture of something. Well, here, that's true. Yeah, here it's just like everybody is just pouring sand you know, onto a canvas or into a sandbox and it's never cohering into a picture that. Yeah. Anyway. But I, well, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's meant to was. Is, yeah. Is, so I is, wanted to, that's that, you know, I, I'm going to convince right, well, you. Well, that's eventually. where you're, you're, well, that's where you're always going to be frustrated. I'm going to convince it, you eventually because the well, tools. I mean, it's not convincing me. I mean, if you want to do it, do it. Yeah. But, no, you know. the tools, the tools, <laughs> the tools are out there, you know, like, like, what did they say on that? Uh, what was that show? x files the truth is out the tools are out there to do this and we just you know what we have twitter for example or uh you know even the the buzzfeeds you know the updates that they do periodically it's not the same thing as an organic living thing that is continually updating um it's sort of like you know in our old newsroom days when we would watch the ap wire and then you'd get updates on a particular story but it's not like being able to kind of tune into a story and have it be constantly live updating yeah, but the, in the, front the, of your eyes. 
you know, BuzzFeed has done this. Other places have All done right. it. You know. I'm going to look. I'm going to look for the examples. All right. Well, I monopolized the last episode talking about that. So this time, oh, I want you to really, you know, uh, t- talk a lot uh, about a couple of different subjects that we've been talking about. One of them was the Dylan Vox set. Are, are we at a point where you can actually talk about that or it's not out yet or it's not? Yeah, well, the new yeah, the new one's been out for um two weeks i guess okay so, and do you um, have it no no i i haven't bought it. it's the first one i haven't bought in a few years are you gonna um, buy it i don't know i don't know um so what do you what do you have to say about it not having it i guess you well read I, I i have some of it what what yeah. happens is they put out a two cd version that they release on spotify mm-hmm. so you can listen to that then there's also i think a five cd version that is, I don't know, like $110 or something. Mm-hmm. So it, I'm, I'm in this position where do I really care about this stuff enough that I want to essentially spend 110 bucks to hear the three CDs of lesser stuff that is not in the two mm-hmm. CD version. Mm-hmm. So, And 110 bucks, that's like a, a week's worth of groceries, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I guess it could be. But, but the... <laughs> But, but the, um, you know, it's just like one of those things where I, the, the, the period that this box set comprises is 1980, 1980 to 85, mm-hmm. which is actually, it's kind of an interesting period in some ways, but the stuff he was doing in the studio wasn't all that interesting. Now, is this and, the, uh, is this the religious stuff or after that? It's after that, um, okay. infidels it's mainly stuff from infidels and then um, empire burlesque. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing that see, the thing that's always always weird about infidels is that he, he had um, Mark Knopfler come in to play guitar and produce it. Yeah. And then they got those two guys, Sly and Robbie, the, Mm. uh, the reggae uh, rhythm section. Mm -hmm. But when you hear them on the record, they, you know, like the special stuff that they did is not really evident. You mm. know, it's sort of like Dylan hired these guys to come in. And then what they did was just sort of what almost what like anybody else could have done. And even Mark Knopfler is not that prominent, mm. not not like he was on uh, Slow Train Coming. Right. I was going to ask. Right. So so that that was always like a weird thing like dylan got these people together in the studio and then what they did was um it it was like less than the sum of the parts Mm, in in a weird way wasn't he Uh, trying to like do a little disco flavor to it or something well yeah we see with empire burlesque is when they had that guy um remember does the name arthur baker ring a bell oh yes he was like a producer yes he had like um Remember, Kurt Loder was always yeah. talking about Arthur Baker with the big drum sound, right, you know. Right. So he recorded Empire Burlesque, and then um, uh, Arthur Baker got hold of the tapes and produced them and put all these like like reverb drums or whatever right. the technical term is, and it just sounded weird. I mean, it mm-hmm. just. Um, in fact, for years there was a circulating uh, bootleg of the original stuff that people would, would try to find, you mm-hmm. know, that like the, the stuff before Arthur Baker got his hands on it. So that's what they've brought out now was like, um, 
some of the stuff from the infidel sessions and the empire burlesque sessions, but not the way they sounded on the albums as we mm-hmm. knew them at the time. And that's, and those two albums, that's basically what's on the new set. Pretty saying. much. Yeah. There's some rehearsal stuff and, and some stuff from shot of love, but, uh, oh, right. it, yeah, I remember shot of love. Yeah, was, I uh, interesting. I thing. listened to all these. I think I had them. I, I had the, you know, Kurt got the signed, copy of infidels yeah yeah no i mean i listened to them all i mean i i you know can remember uh back in the walkman era those would have been like standby cassettes you know or the disc man era well well before disc man even yeah (laughs) now Um, we just heard that he's starting up his tour again right uh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah they announced a bunch of tour dates in uh I guess it's in the Midwest and right uh, on the East Coast. Yes, uh, and he ends up he ends up at the Beacon for Thanksgiving. I think so. Yeah, I'm not yeah. really sure. I looked at the itinerary the other day. That's usually the uh, the pattern. Yeah. 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 So, uh, anything you want to add before we move on to another topic? Is there any other? Dylan no, news? the 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 thing. Well, I mean, I'm glad that the bootleg series is continuing. It's just this this particular selection of stuff is just not not that interesting the, mm-hmm. the, the last um i was looking at the list of what came out the one there was one that came out six years ago this the the cut the best of the cutting edge was Ooh. um uh or i guess it was just called the cutting edge it was the 65 and 66 material that that mm-hmm. is really the one that is if somebody wanted to get the um that's probably the best of the the Dylan bootleg series mm-hmm. because it's like uh, all the stuff he was recording from uh, January of 65 until like March of 66. So it's right. bringing it all back home, Highway 61 and Blonde on Blonde. Mm. And there's a, there's a six CD version of that. This is great. It's got now like, you. You just posted something on your Twitter, right? Uh, was that on your personal one or on your uh, history one where you said? Well, that, uh, I mean, that is my personal one. Yeah. I, mean, okay. I only use one. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was um, it was 60 years ago yesterday that um, the review of Dylan at Folk City appeared oh. in the New York Times, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Robert Shelton had gone to see him at Folk City right. and uh, he i don't know i guess he was there for the week or how you know however the booking worked right. at the time right and but he had been there before but i think this was the first time that he was headlining and uh, robert shelton who reviewed folk music for the new york times went to see him and apparently did like a little interview with him and wrote a very positive review mm-hmm. and uh I, I remember when you used to walk by Folk City, they used to have the clipping hanging up in a uh, in a window in the front of Folk City, mm-hmm. you know, years ago. Although, you know, what's interesting, the Folk City that Dylan performed at right. was not in the same location as the yeah. one we knew. There yeah. were several locations. Uh, I, I knew, the, I guess that there was one, what, on McDougal itself or something? No, well, there was the one on Third Street. Okay. Um, but the original one had been on Fourth um, Street, but on the other side of Washington Square Park. Oh, okay. It was in a building that I think was torn down and is now Ooh. one of the NYU buildings. Yeah. Um, 
so that that was like on the other side of the park. And that's where he uh, debuted, right? Well, yeah, you know, this when I was in college, I wrote a piece about um, uh, Dylan's connection to the village. Mm-hmm. And well, I, I went to college in Greenwich Village. Well, so let's that post like, that on our Twitter account if you can uh, dig it out. Nah, I don't. I don't even know if I have a copy of it. Still, you gotta but, be kidding. But but the um, the thing that was fun about it was I called uh, Folk City and I went over and I interviewed Mike Porco, the guy who ran the place. Right. Right. And he said, uh, "Oh yeah, I'll 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 take the book out. I'll show you where 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 they signed in." So yeah. I, I didn't really know what he was talking about. So I right. said, "Okay, great." So I go over and uh, I meet him one night. And he has this old ledger and what the performers would have to do is they would have to sign in and everybody had a union card number, <laughs> like what they called the cabaret card. And they'd have right. to write down their number right? Um, because I think the police could come and actually right. check that. That was like yep. a, like an official business record. Mm-hmm. So he had this book and he showed me when the times that Dylan had signed in mm-hmm. and, um, Paul Simon had signed in and right. Janice Joplin had played there. And he was like pointing this out. And I thought, oh my God, this is like, you know, this, I, I don't know whatever happened to the book. It should be yeah. in the, the Smithsonian or right. something. Now, you know, uh, there's a, a book about folk city. I mean, in the Rolling Stone, one of the, you know, uh, more, more important pieces was the 25th anniversary concert for folk city. Right. Yeah. Which, I remember that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in there, there were some, you know, I think uh, Porco eventually sold it to some people that had been always been involved. And I don't know if they moved it or not, but there uh, th- there was a book that came out of that. I want to say it was called Bringing It All Back Home, but I could just be misremembering. Yeah, I know. I vaguely remember. Um, yeah, I remember the book because we well, we knew some people that were performing there at about that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, we had some friends that would be there, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, that's something people could, maybe maybe the uh, sign-in, you know, the autographs are, are in that book. We'll have to find out. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was just the craziest thing because a guy pulled this book out like it was just, you know, sure. like a very casual thing. And I was looking at it, yeah. oh, my God, this is like, <laughs> this is like right. a priceless uh priceless document here exactly now the uh the um the other topic that we wanted to talk about was um you know i called you one day and i said to you uh you know is this a good time to call because you had posted that something about uh your daily walk what was that Tell, tell us about that um yeah it was about two months a little more than two months ago i posted on twitter that I had walked four miles that morning and it was the 900th consecutive day that I had put on my sneakers and gone out for a walk. Wow. So what began as a 30 day challenge in February of 2019 had then happened 30 times. Wow. So in, in 2019, I started going for a walk every day and, um, uh, I had, well, there's a pre story. I I had just gotten really sedentary and I Mm. was in this position where I was doing a lot of work on the computer and I had to just be sitting like all day long. Mm -hmm. And I, and I was like gaining weight and I wasn't very happy about it. And I was like, you know, so I thought, I got to get walking again. Got to get off your bum. 
exactly and um in fact it's funny because i i had a friend who was also a writer who was in the same boat and she was setting a timer on her uh phone to remind her to get up every 40 minutes she says she would get up and she would dance every 40 minutes <laughs> and what you see it's one of those things where like you, you can actually get like blood clots in your life oh yes you, definitely. Yeah, right. so, deep, deep vein thrombosis right that's the name of it right exactly DVT, so, you know and next uh, episode four we'll have sponsors we'll have you know like a pharmaceutical sponsor for dvt right. and you know, those special and stockings and right all and also kind of stuff. what about a plug for what sneakers do, do, do you wear for this walk um i finally defaulted to sketchers i had some oh. i i started with new balance and then mm -hmm. i moved on to sketchers well that's a I, good uh sponsor right there yeah yeah that would be okay mm -hmm. um i so have I, to i have to put in just a word for my latest sneakers uh, uh one day uh i was you know on youtube looking for something i don't even remember what it was and there was an ad and i don't know how they targeted me for this ad maybe it was you know sedentary old guy and uh it was all about a new revolutionary new sneaker that's a slip-on so i watched this 60 second ad and I was very impressed. <laughs> then I went on and continued on what I was doing. And a couple of days later, I said, you know, I'm going to go look into that. I couldn't remember the name. It's Zeba, Z-E-B-A. Uh, it took me about an hour to navigate my way back to um, not so much to the ad, but to remember what the name of the, uh, the shoe, the sneaker was. And then I went to their website and I ended up buying one. And, you know, now I'm on my third or fourth pair. But uh, that was the so, you know, if you think about it, hundreds of dollars in sales from one strategically placed YouTube ad. Well, that's interesting. Isn't that? All right. So now back to you. You're, you have these sneakers and every day. So what I called you saying, is this a bad time? Because I was afraid it was, you know, in the middle of the walk. So what time do you walk? Um, usually 830 in the morning. Oh. And uh, I've, I've gotten to the point where. Uh, when I first started, I would, um, but when I, when I first started, I was like really sore, you know, like I had my knees hurt. It was really, so Ooh. I went, I, I tried to do like seven consecutive days. I thought if I can go seven days walking every day, my knees will probably loosen up and I'll be okay. Right. And I did that. And, uh, after did seven loosen days, up? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like the Tin Man. <laughs> I, I swear it really was. I, I have this memory of there was one day where I had taken a walk that morning and at lunchtime I went out to get the mail and I was walking to the mailbox and I thought, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. You know, like, <laughs> like, like my knees were so sore. Yep. And um, now it's like, you know, it's amazing. Like I walked. Uh, You're very limber. Yeah, I walked three and a half miles today and felt mm -hmm. fine. Doesn't matter. I mean, your so, knees really do loosen up. Yeah, but um, and but you, tell, you, how what how else does it affect you physically? You know, tell tell me. Um, well, I lost forty pounds. What? So forty was, pounds? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Well, I I had um, I, actually, it's funny because I my weight had gone up like sitting and writing sure. and like i was yeah. writing these history pieces where i would oh. have to do just like hours and hours of research right so i would like you know i really enjoyed it but 
I had to sit still, you know, you have to be yes. in front of the computer screen to do it. And uh, it, it was, it was actually in late 2017 or it was like in, I guess it was like August or September of 2017, there was a hurricane that hit Houston, Texas. Right. And do you remember this? A hurricane hit Houston and flooded the city and it moved on. And then it actually came back and hit the city a second time oh. and flooded it again. Oh. So I, you know, I was watching this coverage of the hurricane and I had this app on my Roku where you could watch local news coverage Ooh. from like cities around the country. Does it have the Gabby Petito channel? Uh, well, it might. Mike. But uh, the the uh, I was watching this local station from Houston and they were going out and they were trying to rescue these people in flooded neighborhoods. And the National Guard had these trucks that were like these big, tall, like high water rescue trucks. Right. right? And there were these people who were like in such bad shape, they couldn't climb the ladder to get into Ooh. the back of the truck. Wow. You know, and I was I was watching this and I and I thought, wow, these people are like they've gotten so sedentary mm -hmm. that when there's a disaster, they literally can't walk to to yes. save themselves, you yes. know, and and they were having trouble climbing up ladders and things yes. like that. And I was, I was watching these people on the news and I thought, oh, my God, I mean. I realize I sound like a terrible person here, but I, <laughs> no. I, was, I was thinking to myself, I don't want to become one of these right, people right. where there's a disaster. And this is and an epiphany. Yeah, it, it was in a weird yeah. way. It was like watching this hurricane coverage. I thought I don't want to be one of these right. guys who gets so heavy and so sedentary that they if a disaster you comes, a rope, you know, right. a, oh, a, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, it was a, like a whole thing. Like they were struggling to get these people into the back of a truck. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was just watching this and I thought, oh my God, and it, like it burned into my head. So then yep. like in 2018, I, you know, would go for a walk now and then just to try to, you know, get into it. But then finally in early 2019, I thought, you know, I, I got to get serious about this. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's when I, I tried to go seven straight days. I did that. And then I thought I should do a 30 day challenge, um, there used to, there was a guy who worked for Google that I used to pay a lot of attention to. So I used to have to pay a lot of attention to search engine stuff. Yes. And this guy, uh, he used to talk about in the tech business, people would do these 30 day challenges, like 30 mm -hmm. days of trying to learn a new language or 30 days right. of uh, not watching the news or 30 mm -hmm. days of, you know, eating some special thing or whatever. Right. So I thought, well, if I can go 30 days walking every single day, that that would really be something. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, you know, I thought, well, you know, I'll stick to it. And then what, what happens is once you get a streak, it keeps you going. Uh, like, like, you know, like you don't, it, it would be easy to say, ah, I don't feel like it today, you know. But like once you get into it and you've got the streak going, you say, mm -hmm. oh, no, I got to go. I got, you know, I don't want to blow the streak. You That's know? great. And, um, and then coincidentally, I somehow on Twitter, somebody retweeted something by this woman who is a doctor in Ireland and she's on the radio and she was doing a thing on her radio broadcast called 100 days of walking. Mm. And she was encouraging people to 
go out and walk for a half hour a day for 100 straight days. Mm. And they were doing this and they had like a hashtag of, you know, uh, I guess the hashtag was just 100 days of walking. And I started seeing this on Twitter somehow. And I thought, wow, that's a, that, you know, that's like a good idea. An hour and mm. a half or, or not an hour and a half, just a half hour would be like, you know, you know, like half a mile, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, so I, so that's what I started doing then is going every single day and trying to do at least a half hour of walking. And then after like 30 days or 50 days or something, I was like, you know, pretty loosened up. I was into it. So I, you know, pretty soon I was going two and three miles and, uh, now I usually go three and a half or four miles. So how many miles altogether since you started? How many altogether? Um, yeah. Well, what was the number? Hold on a second. What is it? Can... You did 30, 30 circuits of 30 days or something? or what? what well, that it? would be, yeah, that was the 900 days. Hold on Okay, 900 days yeah, of, 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 uh, of mal. Not, not 500 days of summer, but uh, 900 days of malarkey. Yeah, okay, well, I, what I started doing was writing down the distances every day in a spreadsheet. Ooh. And, um, well, that became like part of the routine. I, mm-hmm. I, I use the, um, there's an app on my phone called Google fit. It's like oh. Google's free exercise app. Yeah, yeah. So what you do is you, when you leave, you start recording the walk and oh, it actually God. records the distance, and, uh, you know, does it so on this, a map. This is and, where, so this is where that other conversation came in because, um, I was listening to some uh, podcast, a true crime podcast, and they, the key to solving the crime was they were able to tap into somebody's Google data, right? Right. And you and I had a conversation about this where, uh, you know, I, I am like uh, freaked out about this, that the phones, you know, know where you are and the, the, you know, it's shared up in the cloud and all the devices know and that you can actually go and uh, download your own data and have it blow your mind as to how much tracking is going on there. Well, I mean, if you have your phone with you, yeah. I mean, there was, I saw a story today that there was um, what they call a geofence warrant that they were using against the people that stormed the Capitol. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they can tell like what room in the Capitol they were in because they, you know, their phone is in their pocket. Sure. And, uh, they don't you know, realize it's tracking necessarily because there are these apps with the location tracker that's on, you know, location services. Right. And, and, you know, you and, can turn some of them off and then not realize that others are defaulted on. Right. And it just keeps recording. And so I was saying to you, because you were telling me about this, you know, you're walking around and I said, wouldn't it be fun to download your location data and see everywhere that you'd been? And you were like going, no, it's very boring. I only pass by the same four right. places. Yeah, no, I mean, I have a basic walk that I go on. So it's exactly. like every it, it draws a map every day, but the map is almost always the same. So right. it, you and know, have you heard of this Strava app, which is also like a sports tracker? Yeah, you know, yeah. it's interesting. There there was um there was a big leak of that stuff yes. about a year ago. Yes. And you could actually see like in your neighborhood where people had been uh walking hiding in the bushes. 
Well, yeah, literally, because there were like people that um, there, there were like stories about that, about how like yes. people realize that there were like, you know, people walking in the woods near their property yes. or yeah. something. I mean, there were like, you know, all these, you know, they, they could tell that, things. Right. People who lived in like remote places uh, discovered that like here people had been hiking through their woods or whatever, yes. you know, however yes. it worked out. But um but here you want you want the total mileage? Yes, total mileage. Okay, now 900 days. Let me see. Well, yeah, today was nine was day 963. Uh, I told you I was going to like send you something when you hit 1000, so Yeah, well that come if, back to us. If if my knees hold up that'll be sometime in November. Right. Um okay, so I've walked 3393 Point seven seven miles so would that be the equivalent of walking from new york to los angeles or something uh yeah more than that i guess yeah Whoa. wow and my average over kudos my my daily average over 963 days is 3.52 miles good so that's good that's a good it, it's like an hour a day it's, absolutely very good but, and you do that in the morning so i'm not worried about uh uh, interfering because where I am, it's uh, it's in the it's in the middle of the night almost. Yeah. So. No. What 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 I do is every morning I download whatever podcasts. Uh, you know, if there's new episodes of whatever podcasts I subscribe to, and then mm -hmm. uh, you know, listen to whatever is going on. In fact, you you know what was funny about this is um, I got in the habit of listening to the there's a BBC podcast of world news um and i got in the habit of listening to that i was listening to that at the beginning of my walk every morning just when the pandemic was starting in Ooh. like january and february of last year so i was listening to the bbc every morning and they put the podcast up so i was listening to you know it was like five hours old when i was hearing it in america and they were going on about what was happening in China. And then they were going on about Italy. And then I think the Netherlands and um, places in the Middle East. So I, I realized that I was like much more aware of the pandemic than most people in America, just mm. because I had been listening to like, you know, sort of the, yes. the early warning system of it all. The foreign news. Yeah. And then, uh, I can you actually, ready? you know, by the way, are you ready for your booster? Uh, well, I'm not old enough yet. But, well, that's uh, okay. I'm not either, but I got mine. Yeah. Be well, no, I mean, I'll go get it when. Uh, go get it. No, no. It's know. for, you know, you're, if you're, uh, what do they call that? If you're immuno, uh, immuno compromised, which anybody that's overweight or has high this or that, uh, you know, is considered, um, immunocompromised so go into i'm just gonna say it i mean i'm not encourage i'm not this is not medical advice but if people are uh, uh, eligible under the very vague uh, terms that they've been releasing uh, and you go to your pharmacy you can get it so right uh, there you have no 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 people definitely should get it if they're uh, especially if they're over 65 they mm -hmm. should uh, get in there but um but you know what? What's funny is I, I, um, I, you know, when you're listening, you you know how you, like you can remember where you were when you heard something on the radio or whatever. Yeah. I can remember like specific 
places where I was on my morning walk when I heard like particularly chilling things about COVID-19 and um, there was, there was a, uh, a podcast that the Atlantic was doing about the pandemic. And then the, the New York times would do some episodes and then the BBC. And I can remember like hearing some of these th- stories and thinking, wow, this is really like, uh, you know, this is going to be a very serious thing. And then, you know, people in America were kind of like, oh, is this going to happen? You know, mm. just, you know, and uh, yeah, we, we were kind of asleep at the wheel there. But, but there uh, was, the- yeah, there was a reporter from the Irish Times who was, um, she had interviewed people in the Netherlands and there was a, I think it was a truck driver from the Netherlands had gone to Milan. Ooh in italy and then had circulated there and then he came back and he circulated at like a carnival celebration oh my god right and i I can i can literally remember the street i was walking down when i was listening to that and there was also a guy i think in westchester or somewhere connecticut or westchester a single person that right right yeah, I remember a whole bunch of people. Oh, listen, let's hope we're coming out of that. But the last thing I wanted to say, and I've been kidding you about this, is with this walk now, when you go past people's homes, you know, maybe you can get not a paper route, but maybe you can get, uh, you know, you can get a postal route or a uh, FedEx or, a, you know, Amazon. You can actually on your three mile walk, you can deliver some boxes. Yeah, yeah, I probably could, or you know, the the bread guy. I could be the guy delivering yeah. the bread. Yeah. Or how about how about you start up one of those? Remember the old fashioned milk delivery, where they uh, put a glass bottle of milk in a uh, metal box outside your front door. Do you remember that? Are you yeah, but you need you need a you need a wagon and a horse and all oh, that kind of stuff. It defeats yeah. the purpose. Well, of, uh, I could see you walk. with a wagon. You don't need a horse. Yeah. Maybe you, you know. could you could get an electric uh, buggy. You know something, but the actually the funny thing is I've had people flag me down <laughs> and uh, and tell me that I've lost weight. Yes, which is like, um, I, I saw this thing on Twitter the other night. There's a, there was a woman on Twitter who's been she's overweight and she's been running, uh-huh. and she oh wait was, is that Talia right yeah. Right. And people were cheering her on Mm -hmm. and she was upset about it. And and it turned into this like debate on Twitter about people encouraging her. And she found it uh, like they were body shaming her, Uh, you know. Well, it's a very sensitive subject. I mean, you know, I I understand her point, but um, I I was thinking about it because uh, I've had a couple of incidents where people have have like flagged me down on the street and you know i take my headphones out and you know say yeah you know what's up and they they tell me i've lost weight mm-hmm. and well, 40 uh, pounds is noticeable uh, yeah so um and i guess like they see me walk by their house every day at about the same time but like right. uh, about two or three weeks ago a woman like came down her driveway waving to me and i took my headphones out and i said yeah you know what's up and she said, boy, you've lost a lot of weight. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I have. And she said, oh, it looks good. I said, oh, thanks. You know, Ooh. and then. Is she, a, is she dating? Is she available? I've been, no, 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 no. No, I think she. Uh, well, anyway. The, the, not, not, not in a long time. Not since the yeah. Korean War. Oh, but, um, 
Well, <laughs> she might be one of those ladies that you hear about that uh, got divorced and lost 175 pounds because that's what her husband weighed. But, but, all right, fact, you I know, think we should leave it there. We're uh, well, there we're, was we're the, at the, time. How yeah. do you want to close out? Close it out. Go ahead. Uh, no, it's just one one guy told me he he wanted to know my secret because his wife has to lose weight, and I oh. said I I you know just tell her to go out and walk. He said, mm-hmm. well, she's not going to do that. I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. Well, maybe that. maybe you could get up a whole walking group there. No, and no, no. If, no, if no. any of the uh, if any of the listeners happen to see you going by, uh, wave, and uh, maybe next time you'll have a package for them. There, there are there are people I see who walk in groups, but I, yes. I don't, I don't want to do that. You I don't like, like to just, You're a nah, solitary man. Um, You're like that guy I passed on an Irish uh, country road. He was coming toward me. I was looking over his shoulder, and there was a gorgeous rainbow. And uh, you know, I said, "Did you see the rainbow?" And he said, "Yep." And uh, we just continued walking our separate ways. Yeah, that's the way to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we're gonna know. we're gonna end the episode with a rainbow. How can you beat that? That's that's a uh, a a a good way to end. We should always follow the rainbow. Okay. Thank you for those words, and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.